The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who can finally get rid of me, at least for a little bit, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I am good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Is that you trying to convince yourself? I was like, is that you trying to convince yourself you're good? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm good. I'm okay. I'm. I'm. I'm doing. Uh. All right. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I've been in an afternoon funk. Uh, I'm a little sad because I had to give away my comedy bang bang uh, show tickets for tomorrow no! in Boston. Because uh, I couldn't get anyone to go with me. And then my wife's telling me she's on call. I'll like so now if it would be a guilt trip if I did go. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I see that. you know I couldn't sell them, so you know I tweeted it, and uh, the producer and one of the the stars of the show retweeted it, so I got a couple of people that got at me. So I'm at least happy to give my tickets to somebody who will be able to enjoy the show. When is the show? Tomorrow night. Well, in that Boston, is a bummer. In Boston. That is definitely a bummer. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sad. I was really looking forward to uh, the show. But, you know, sometimes you can't just buy tickets on a whim and expect it to always work out. <laughs> uh, and that's my lesson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done that once or twice. I've definitely bought tickets to things and then suddenly been like, well, I guess I can't go to that thing anymore. Yeah. So that is always uh, the worst. That is for sure. But It is what it is. Yeah, you know, those things happen. Those things happen. Uh, So obviously, this is our uh, last kind of quote-unquote weekly recording for a while. Uh, As Josh and I have some pretty big adjustments going on in life, we're going to, you know, as we mentioned a few episodes, take things a little bit slower moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh, So the plan is, is that we are always going to be recording on the third Sunday of each month to release the following Tuesday. the reason that's sometimes confusing is that sometimes that's the third Tuesday of the month. Sometimes that's the fourth Tuesday of the month. Uh, but, you know, I can't help the way the calendar works. But the third Sunday of the month, we know we can always record. So that's what we're going to do. So that's what you can still expect to hear from us. So we're not going away completely, um, but just going away, you know, a little more intermittently uh, is when you'll hear from us moving forward. And hopefully this will allow us to actually play more games, especially board games. Um for yeah, each, each time we record. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Um, but Josh, how are you feeling about this whole uh you know, I don't it's not a hiatus because we're still gonna be recording, but uh this change in scheduling, if you would. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like you said, it's life. And we do this for us. We certainly don't do it for the numbers, but we're happy with our listeners that that do contribute and listen, but uh it's more important that well it's not it's equally important that we 
uh, are taking care of ourselves and you have a big change in life. I might have a change in life. Uh, I certainly have a kid going to kindergarten too. I don't know what that's going to do to my schedule. Um, might do nothing. I might flip it on its head. And if, if I get a new job, that's definitely going to change a lot of things. So I think it makes sense. And, you know, we're not just stopping. We obviously want to keep talking. Um, so yeah, moving to once a month for a couple of months to see if, if that works for us, makes sense. Um, you know, and if that doesn't, we'll pivot from there too. And maybe we'll just try to do a game stream together a month or something like that, or still that, like, I think everything's up in the air. We're really just kind of figure out, uh, what works best. So, uh, I'll be sad if we have to stop, but I also will understand if we have to stop too. So, you know, we'll just, we'll go one step at a time. Well, and I think the big thing is, you know, obviously with, especially when it comes to podcasting, being consistent is super important. And even going to monthly is a bit, uh, I don't want to say a death knell, but I have to imagine the listeners that we totally understand. If you're like, well, you know, I was looking forward to, or really a fan of weekly content, monthly content is not something I know if I want to stick around for. Like I totally understand, sure, but I knew that if we committed to monthly, that's something we could, or at least I knew I could commit to. Um, and that's kind of what this whole little process is for is to like do what I know I can commit to, um, and then, you know, if we can do more, we can do more moving forward. But I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't uh, over promising on what I could do and having to change those plans, you know, right. in two weeks or four weeks or whatever it was. Uh, I actually um, got my syllabus for one of my two classes that I'm taking, Josh. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, we have class meets Tuesday for the first time, but obviously I can look ahead and see what's due. Uh, for week two, we have almost 300 pages of reading we're supposed to do. Uh, so, you know, like. No big deal. That's just, you know, one of my two classes. So who knows what's in class two, plus, you know, working full time and everything else. So I'm not feeling horrible about this decision right now. I'm like, (laughs) when am I going to do that? Goodness gracious. So here we go. It'll be it'll be fun, but uh, it'll be an adventure. That's for sure. But like I said, I will definitely if we can randomly pop up and do some streams and things like that this fall, it doesn't mean we won't do those. Um, But like I said, the only thing we really want to schedule are the things we know we can do right now. And that would be these monthly podcasts moving forward so with that you know we appreciate the ride we've been on this is definitely not the end it's just kind of a new beginning if you would sure so with that though josh you know since we're going to be talking formally less often as far as the podcast goes um i want to know what do you think right now kind of if you had to guess what do you think your top three games will be at the end of the year because obviously i know you you don't have to spoil what's going to be happening in our uh, what you're playing section going up here. I, I don't know if something may have cracked its way into your top three. Uh, but just curious, you know, when you look at what's still to come, what you've already played, if you had to guess right now or had to put like money on, you know, what you think your top three might look like, uh, where are you sitting? You know, I saw this and I just I forgot to look up what's coming out for the rest of the year. I My, my guess would be if God of War sticks with its release window which uh it was cory barlog reiterated again that the game is coming out then it is not getting delayed so so a potential i mean what will my top three look like i'm gonna i'm probably not going to put marvel snap in my top five games okay because it is a mobile game and and while i encourage other people to put those in their top i think really i think i'm thinking more just like console gaming or pc gaming uh is there anything Marvel Snap could have done to be in your top five games? 
I mean, I, it's, it's probably my favorite game I've played this year. But then why I would just, it be in your top three games, Josh? I just, because I don't know that, I don't know. Because uh, it's a different type of game. It's not it like production, like obviously it's very different. Like, I don't know that I would have put Hearthstone in like my top games of that year it came out. Maybe I should. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, because I think for me, it's just like, what are the favorite things you played this year? Like, who cares if it production, yeah. you know, if it's not AAA, who cares? Like, if it's a mobile game that you felt that you put more hours into than anything else, why not? I think my big question is, will Horizon Forbidden West be in my top three or will it be in my top five? That's a good question. Um, and God of War could affect that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I include Marvel Snap, it's going to be in the top three. So Marvel Snap will affect that right? Uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, probably one of the games I'm going to talk about in a minute is in that top three. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and guess Marvel Snap and God of War. And then maybe Horizons at four. I don't know. What would be at five then right now? Right now? Like if, if that were to be how things were to shake out, like knowing what you know right now, like what do you think would be five? Obviously something else could jump in, but. What would be number five? I don't I don't know. I need to, I really need to take, I need to sit down and remember what games I played this year. <laughs> that is this kind of the way this year has been. I've discovered that while I've had some really good experiences, not many of them have stuck with me. Horizon still definitely has like that game is still going to yeah. be vying for a top spot for me. But when I think of like Tiny Tina's Wonderland and Dying Light 2 and other games that have come out this year, I, yeah. I, I just am struggling. And I'll, I'll look it up and I'll look at like my trophy history or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that game was fun. But it, they just aren't sitting at the forefront of my mind uh, like game experiences have in the past years. I would agree with that 100 percent. Yeah, like we didn't we didn't hit on Elden Ring like we wanted to. In fact, I don't even think we really truly played Elden Ring. I downloaded it. Yeah, and never booted it up, which I really still want to sometime this fall, but we'll see if that's going to happen. So, uh, you know, for number five, oh, you know what my number five would be? Um, Shredder's Revenge. Oh, that's solid. Okay. Yeah, I really like that a lot, and I think it still has a lot of good replayability. So, because um, I know I'm not done playing it, because I have. So, I will put that at number five right now. So, here would be a question for you, then, sir. Uh, what are the chances that you are actually going to play uh, The Last of Us Part 1? I will play it. I will play okay. it um, because I feel like having played through Part 2 and honestly trying to play through the remaster and just not being able to, mm-hmm. I think this is the one that they're making for people like me. So if you really love that game, yeah. would you consider including it? Or because it's a remaster of a game that came out a decade ago, are you like, nah, it's, it just doesn't... No, I'm pretty make sure... No matter what. I'm pretty sure Resident Evil 2 made my top five the year it came out. Mm-hmm. That, um, so I, I think it's fine. It's still... Uh, it's kind of like a new game, essentially. And it is a new game to me. I've never played it. True. So... Um, I think it gets like it gets weird, like when you look at games that came out this year and you see Cyberpunk 2077 on the list because it came out on PS5 and Xbox One X. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's where it kind of gets like I would feel weird about including that, right? Because it's not really a new release, it's just a patch, right? So, that's why that, that's why I think it would be fine for me to have Last of Us on that list. So, they should have charged $70 for it, is what you're saying. Well, I mean, they could included. have, for sure. It's very surprising <laughs> they didn't. 
What, what about you? What's your top five? What's your top three looking like? Well, you know, if I had to predict my top three, and this is where things will get a bit challenging because part of it too is going to be me just kind of acquiescing to the gamer that I know I am. Uh, I, you know, I think Horizon is going to be vying for it, but one a game that we're talking about later will also be vying for it. Okay. Um, assuming that God of War hits the same quality benchmark that the previous one did, I think God of War is probably a pretty easy shoe in, um, barring something going ridiculously different. I still want to play Elden Ring. I know we're those odd few gamers who just like Elden, you know, Frums games just don't hit for us like they do other people. So I don't anticipate that for me that I would make my top three or my top five, but that's not because it's a reflection on the quality of the game overall. It's just not a game for me necessarily. Uh, honestly, and I feel like I said, I feel kind of like a, uh, I feel, I think Overwatch 2 is probably yeah, going to be my top three. <laughs> you know, like I, I know it's basically Overwatch 1.5, but it's kind of like if we would let The Last of Us Part 1 count like why wouldn't we want overwatch 2 count and will there be any game i put more hours in between the time overwatch 2 releases in october and the end of the year no like that will be the game that gets the most hot play time there it might be then also the game that is newly released this year that gets the most play time for the entire year even based off of when it's going to come out in those you know two short months uh so i, I right now i would think horizon god of war and overwatch 2 are going to be my top three in whatever order that might shake down uh but you know, not to spoil things, but for me, you know, Call of the Lamb is definitely up there. Um, I, I think it would be hard for me. I I can't say that The Last of Us Part 1 won't make it in that top three, uh, just because obviously The Last of Us is, uh, it's a really good game. And theoretically, this is going to be the best version of that game. So I don't know how I wouldn't at least think about it. Um, you know, but also it's an experience I've had before. Uh, and I think it just will hit slightly differently as a result of that. Uh, I will find it interesting, though. I have no doubts, and this is why game reviews are so weird. I have no doubts that this game is going to revert review worse than previous versions of The Last of Us did, sure. which it will be theoretically the best way to play the this game, but it's going to have a worse review score than the old. Anyway, here nor there. That's why reviews are so weird. Um, but yeah, you know, we we just talked about. Uh, you picked up Saint Ro- Saints Row for us. I, yeah. I am not anticipating that Saint Row Saints Row is going to be a high scoring metacritic and open critic game sure but sure. sometimes i really like those games right like it's kind of kind of be hitting a lot of the things i like i'm guessing this will be my first official saints row game so we'll see but there's a chance there um our uh arkham oh gosh gotham, oh, knights. gotham I was knights. Like, yeah i was like yeah. you know gotham knights is coming out again i have enjoyed both you know the batman games and the spider-man games Though I have not been super impressed with what we have seen from that game so far, that doesn't right. mean that playing it won't be super fun. Uh, so that, I guess, theoretically could make an argument. Because I kind of think about, like, specifically Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Like, Guardians of the Galaxy was a game that most critics were pretty lukewarm on, but you and I both loved. Like, I, we thought yeah. that game was great. Game of the year. <laughs> you know? Yeah, our game of the year. So I do wonder if something like that could happen with Arkham Knights or could happen with Saints Row. Or it could happen with, I can't think of another, oh, you know, uh, Plague Quail Requiem, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. There there are those, like, games coming out this fall, so that I really want to play that I don't think are going to be necessarily, well, Plague Quail Requiem, the critics seem pretty high on, or at least are highly anticipating. Uh, I, I could see one of those sneaking their way in, potentially, depending on how things go. It's just like, I, I wonder what the heck those would have to do to unseed God of War, Overwatch 2, 
and Horizon for me. And I, I don't know off the top of my head what that would be. But usually when I'm not expecting something, that's when it becomes awesome, you know? Right. So so we'll see. That's what I anticipate, though, will be my top three games. But who knows? I would say that the year is young, but, uh, you know, it's almost September, which means we're <laughs> basically two-thirds of the way through the year already, Josh. Do you believe it's almost 2023? You know, I haven't been thinking about it, but... Yeah. Did you did you see how small my audio waves are, by the way? I, I don't know if I'm going to sound super quiet to everybody else. Oh, no, your audio waves are totally fine on my side. All right, good. Okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So, all right. Well, gamers, <laughs> gamers, listeners, <laughs> uh, we'd love to know, what do you think your top three games are going to be? Is there anything you're highly anticipating still? Um, you know, I was going to say, I really thought Splatoon 3 would be in Josh's top three. Oh, but yeah. Apparently... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't so, wait. Man, I probably was still going to be a sucker and buy that and then never play it. That's what happens with me all the time. <laughs> So, but let us know, what do you think your top three games will be? Or what do you think will be in contention for your top three games? If you had to predict right now, we'd love to hear uh, at Board of Fiji on Twitter. Hit us up. Speaking of which, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, send any feedback, questions, or suggested topics to at Board with VG on Twitter. Or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family. And we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, and PSXP. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. So Josh, what have you been playing lately, sir? Well, let's do some quick ones. Uh... Banners of Ruin I started playing. This is, for people who don't know, it's basically another, it's deck builder, explorer, Slay the Spire-ish kind of game, but it has like uh, character models that are, they're all like woodland creatures. It has like, reminds me of like my Mystics kind of vibe um, where you have, you know, a character and you're getting extra, other party members and you have decks of cards uh, a little different in the deck builder aspect as there are general cards that any character can use and there's also character specific cards that can all pop up in your hand during combat so you you could potentially be in situations where you have a handful of cards for maybe a dead team member party member um, so it requires some strategy it's been fun so far but i've only played a little bit uh that came with my humble bundle subscription that I just actually canceled. I probably should have kept it because Hot Wheels Unleashed was in this month, but I already have it on Xbox. So I don't know. I don't need all these games in like two, three, four spots. Like the number of games that I have on like four platforms because of like different services I'm a member of, or like because of like Epic's free games and stuff. I'm like, my gosh, like how many different platforms do I need this game on? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I played Madden 23 because I saw you downloaded madden 23 and i was like well i should try it too since i saw kyle's downloading it of course i did run into the hiccup where it was telling me that my trial was expired even though it wasn't but i was able to do that weird quit and go back in and make it work so i played some madden 23 and yeah it's it's another madden so (laughs) i i did that and uh yeah what i played was fine uh I, and I say this knowing that there's probably tons of huge changes, but nothing that is important to me as a casual Madden player. So uh, 
did you play just the like the legacy game that they had? Yeah, to play I just right played the, the legacy game. Yeah. Gotcha. What difficulty did you play it on? I I didn't see a difficulty, so I just okay. whatever they put me in it. Gotcha. Did you win that game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna insert my Madden talk here really yeah. quick, briefly. So Josh, here's my Madden experience. So I played that game as well. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm here to have fun. I don't really want to try too hard. I'm going to just put it on rookie difficulty. So I put it on rookie, which is the easiest difficulty. And I picked off Tom Brady four times. I won like 58 <laughs> of to nothing. The NFC. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Of course I did. For the fucking sir. Um, so yeah, so I won 58 to nothing. Tom Brady, oh. like I said, threw four interceptions. Uh, you know, Barry Sanders had almost 200 yards rushing. It was a great day. It was a great day, right? Nice. So play that game, absolutely crush it. I'm like, okay, this is really good. So then I go in. I'm like, well, okay, maybe that was a bit easy. Uh, so let's put it on pro. That's fine. I'll play my franchise. And I, so I start my franchise as the, as the Vikings and go in. And in the first game, in the first four drives, I throw three interceptions. Jeez. <laughs> ah, oh Just by putting it on pro. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I've gotten so bad at this game. Because I used to play on between all pro and Madden, I'd kind of like bump back and forth between them. Yeah. And now playing on pro, I'm like trying to read coverages and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so out of practice of this. Yeah. Let me just throw it into triple coverage like every time. Perfect. Oh my gosh. So I felt the same yeah. way. As far as reading coverage, I was like, oh boy, I, I forgot how to do this. <laughs> yeah. So I will say it. <laughs> It feels different in the sense of I'm like way worse at it than I used to be. And it's different than Tony Hawk being bad at it because Tony Hawk made me question whether I ever had been good at it. Right. Whereas Madden's, I'm like, no, I used to be not good at this game. But I was like, okay at this game. Like I knew exactly where I was at. And I am definitely not as good as I used to be at Madden. That was for sure. Well, well, you learn. Yeah. And keep learning as you play more. Are you going to buy this? Or you think you're just trying the trial? Oh, I am not buying Madden. No way. Okay, I will probably play out my trial. Try- yeah, I will probably play out my trial, my 10 hours. Yeah. That, that usually satiates my desire for Madden. Like, mm-hmm. if I play the trial, I have gotten enough Madden that I need to um, to tide me over until next year's Madden. I like the idea of the NFL more than I actually like the NFL. Sure. Um, I love watching Hard Knocks that's going on right now as they follow the Detroit Lions. I like playing my 10 hours of Madden. I have watched zero preseason games. I will likely not watch any NFL games this year. I probably won't even watch the Super Bowl. Uh, but I just, yeah, I don't know. Something I like the idea and all the things surrounding the NFL more than I actually like the games. Sure. I hear you on that. Uh, uh, yeah. Pandemic really crushed my enjoyment of football as well. I used to watch it all the time. Well, uh, now Tom Brady, like he, who even knows if he's playing this year? <laughs> Yeah, Tom who? Uh, <laughs> uh, Cruise and Blast. I'm playing Cruise and Blast again. Uh, before we went on, when we went on vacation, we decided to um, give my son the Switch Lite that we had lent my mom, who just, she didn't really use it. So I was like, well, let him bring it to the beach house. We'll put like Fall Guys on it and we'll let him, and I put a Lego game on there and then. He just went and started getting my cartridges and putting them in. So he was playing Metroid Dread and oh, gosh. <laughs> playing Cruise and Blast. So, uh, but he kept getting frustrated in Cruise and Blast because he wanted like the fire truck or whatever. And he's just the best he could get is 10th place. So he's not really earning any credits. So um, the uh, the other night I decided to stay up late and just stay in bed and just play Cruise and Blast for him and just unlock a bunch of cars for him. So that he could, you know, the next time he plays it, 
and we give him an hour time limit per day, um, that he'd be able to play with all these cards. So I unlocked all the levels for him and, and a bunch of cards. So, so I enjoyed playing it. It really just is a fun, mindless game that you don't have to try too hard in. Um, so if you ever played the old Cruising USA, Cruising the World, uh, it's just as good. And that's right up there uh, on sales. It's like usually 20 bucks on Best Buy or Target. So you can usually find it at a good price. Uh, so you can check that out if you... I play it on Switch. I just said that, right? Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it's on other consoles. It might just be Switch. Oh, yeah. I have no idea. I think it's just Switch. Um, so, yeah. And then finally, the, I was like, I must be playing more. And I was like, oh, no. I have only been playing one game. And I have been taking <laughs> up all of my time. <clears throat> so I talked last week about Call to the Lamb, about how I had a glitch. And I wasn't really enjoying it because of my glitch and well, yeah, rest assured, uh, it is still a save file. I haven't deleted yet, but, uh, it was a glitch. <laughs> um, something happened where I was unable to unlock the sacrifice ritual and I couldn't do anything else. So, uh, I started a new game and just like that, I had no problems. In fact, my only problem was I didn't want to stop playing. Um, Literally, I was like putting off responsibilities because <laughs> I couldn't stop playing this game. I it's just remarkably charming and addictive. And I thought I was when I first played, I thought I was going to be like, I don't want a farm simulator. Like this seems like an extra task. But the more you put into the game, the easier that aspect of the game is to control. Mm-hmm. which I enjoyed as well. And uh, the combat feels real good. It really does take a lot of what I like about Hades and and really, um, I don't know, I don't want to say it improves it, but it just uses, it tweaks it to, you know, suit this game. But yeah, uh, I used to hate these slow axes. And then you have a super fast sword, but when you get to a spot where you can choose a new weapon and you see damage 12 points higher for a slow axe, you take the slow axe. Um, (laughs) The boss fights were fun and original and challenging. Some of the characters you meet along the way are very charming and quirky. And uh, there's still some things I haven't done, but I did beat the game uh, yesterday. Okay. Uh, I don't remember. I was like in day 66 or something like that. Oh, wow. I forget what day I was on. So you have been um, playing quite a bit over the last week. Yeah, I played a lot of it. Um, <laughs> and I really I really uh, like it a lot. I think I, it needs to be experienced more than be told or talked about because I could talk about it. And I don't think that it's going to be as appealing as it is until you have it in your hands. But. But yeah, you're creating your own cult for a, we'll call him a god, that saved you. Uh, and the ultimate goal is for you to hand it back over to him once you destroy these four guardians that are keeping him prisoner. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say more because I don't want to spoil what I did at the end or how it ends. But uh, I really enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun playing that game. Um. What is the name of your cult? I just kept it the cult of the lamb. I didn't I didn't change it. I actually did too. I kept it the same and I was like, hmm, 
I just, I don't know. It just is what I've always anticipated the game being. I didn't really think that they'd let me change the name of the cult. So I was like, Cult of the Lamb. Awesome. Uh, I don't think this is a super spoiler, but obviously once you recruit new cult members, you get to like name them if you want to do all that stuff. Like, did you yeah. just leave things at default? Did you change things? Like, what did you do as far as that goes? I just did the randomized ones if it was a name I didn't like or a name I already okay. had. So okay. I just did randomize. Gotcha. I uh, for every single person that I've that I've recruited to my cult, I do the exact same thing. I randomize their name once because if I'm the cult leader, they're going to be called what I want them to be called. So I sure. randomize their name once <laughs> uh, because they don't get to keep their name. And then I make all of them green. They How do you tell stay, them apart? No, they can stay with like whatever thing they are, uh, like whatever creature they are they sure. come in as. But I make them all green, so they all are green with a red shirt. Um, and then I just remember I just go by their names because like if they ha- need something, the little thing pops up that they need something. Yeah. So like I don't care. <laughs> like I don't need to double apart. Otherwise, they need something. I'll find out. So there you go. That's the what game I do did for crash a lot on me, though. I do want to say that I had to oh, do multiple saves. In fact, it would crash in the middle of rituals. Oh. And then I would just have to start from my last save point because I had to turn the game off and turn it back on. That happened like seven times. Dang. Okay, because the only technical issues I've had is it has chugged a few times where I've lost some significant, like, I'm talking, we're going from, I don't, is the gameplay at 60 frames? I don't know. But it goes like way (laughs) down, like way (laughs) down where I'm like what is this this is like way yeah slow. that only happened to me once or twice but I, that happened as well okay yeah because that's i wouldn't say it's been consistent but it's definitely happened a number of times that i have noticed so but i haven't had any crashes so Man, yeah cult yeah who would have thought josh who josh one year ago would you have said that hey next year cult of the lamps gonna be one of my favorite games i didn't even think it was when i saw it revealed two months ago <laughs> or whenever it was <laughs> right i was like that game looks stupid <laughs> <laughs> But this is why we try them all. That's right. So now that you have, are you going to go back? Are you going to try to get the platinum? Are you going to do anything special in the Cult of the Lamb? Are you going to do uh, other stuff? I didn't look at the trophies. I'm assuming there's going to be some I don't want to do that are like probably like do something to a follower a certain amount of times or something or like I, I make 10 think... followers eat 10 bowls of poop. I'm like, oh, no, thanks. Oh. I had to do that once. That was enough. <laughs> I, I think... I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't looked at the trophies, but I feel like I heard that you have to beat each boss without getting hit. Well, then I'm not going to platinum it. I could be wrong. I, I don't if know. That's if that's what true. it is. There's no way I would be able to do that. I will look up while I do this. I, just from, I, I just from the last two bosses, there's no way I'd be able to get it without being hit once. I mean, maybe if uh, I, I don't want to put that much time into it to try to do that. Oh, that, And that's totally fair. Yeah, it's totally fair. Um. um and I did have another complaint. Like, there's, I got a quest to marry somebody. And then every time I did the ritual, their name wasn't on the list of people to be married. Mm. So I had to try it like seven different times. I never got that quest. It just failed because I ran out oh, of time. Oh, no. Twice. Um, yeah, you do have to beat each boss without taking damage. Yeah. So I won't platinum it. <laughs> okay. Anything else about uh, Call to the Lamb or anything else you've been playing, Josh? No, that's it. That's all gotcha. of my steps. So do you think then, I'm assuming Saints Row is going to be the next thing you're going to jump into? I think so. I've been trying to go back and forth on what I want to play, but since Saints Row is in two days, then it'll be yeah. Saints Row. Right. By the time you're listening to this, listener, Saints Row will be out. Uh, Josh and I have another play to Saints Row, but we're going to play this Saints Row. That's right. Why not just jump in at this one? <laughs> right. That's right. Uh, and we are doing something I think is kind of fun, that Josh is creating me, and I am creating Josh, and then we're sharing the created codes with each other. So I will still play as me. And Josh will still play as Josh, but Josh is going to play as the created version of him from me 
and I'm going to play as a creative version of me from him, and it'll be great. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys want, we can share the character creation codes with you, and you can play as me or Kyle. That's right, because who wouldn't want to be us, right, Josh? Right, who wouldn't? Two, <laughs> Vanilla, <laughs> Matt. That's right. <laughs> Two Vanilla White Dudes. Let's go! Um, so for me, I mean, a lot of the same things that um, Josh has been talking about. Obviously, I've been playing Call of the Lamb. I am nowhere near as far as Josh is. I think I'm on day, I don't know, 12, 13, somewhere in the teens. Okay, okay. Um, so I still have a ways to go. I'm right before, I think the next time I go in, the door to the second boss will open. Okay. Um, so that's where I think I'm at as far as that goes. So um, really enjoying it, though, having a great time with it. Um, the reason I haven't played it more is because, similar to what Josh said, is that I've only actually played it in two sessions, and that's how far I've gotten. Because every time I sit down to play it, I don't want to stop playing it. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, really hard when I you know, usually start playing games at you know, 10 o'clock at night and I have to get up for work in the morning. Uh, that's not something that is very conducive to being able to do that effectively. So yeah. Uh, but I'm loving the game. It is amazing. So if you have a chance or if you like roguelites um, uh, or if you like any of those, you know, sim management games, I think is worth uh, checking out. Uh, I can't I still can't believe, though, how much faster the combat is than I anticipated it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was going to yep. be so sluggish and it just isn't um, related to that, though, Josh, back, back a couple of the lamb. Uh, I'm, I don't think this is super spoily. Uh, how often did you visit other locations? If you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I not every time that I would go back, but uh, typically after like a dungeon run or two, I would go back and check the, all those places okay. out. I just haven't decided how important those are supposed to be and, uh, and if I should be going to them more than I have been. So, but oh, uh, yeah, so Cult of the Lamb, still super great. Uh, like Josh said, too, I was, I've also been playing Madden 23. I just I can't believe how bad I've gotten at Madden. It's pretty pathetic, actually. Um, and I really don't have a desire to get better at it again. I just wish I still was reasonable at it. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. I'll play out my th- my trial. I still probably have six hours left in it. Um, I'll probably I'll play that out. And I, I think that'll be good as far as that goes. I, maybe this is just me playing very specific types of games these days. I don't think the players look very good in Madden. I don't think like the character models look amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think they still look like the past three maddens yeah and like and they're not bad by any means right. i just i don't know uh, like because this one obviously is focused so much on like john madden's history and things like that and when they like yeah. re- look at him is like hey look at john madden as the coach i'm like i mean the character model is like not look, very good <laughs> yeah it's like i feel like he could look better than that uh, but also i know that they're obviously turning these games around very quickly and there's a ton of players that they have to create so it's not like this is a um easy endeavor that they have going on i just at this point in the generations, I was I was hoping that maybe this game would be a little more advanced as far as that goes. But like I said, probably just me. Uh, another game that I jumped into uh, was Rumbleverse. Josh, are you familiar with Rumbleverse? Have you played this at all? Uh, I have it downloaded. I haven't tried it yet, though. Gotcha. But I keep so seeing Rumbleverse... people talk about it online. Yeah, so Rumbleverse is the free-to-play battle royale where you are basically a wrestler um, and you are getting shot by a cannon into a city. Uh, and you are going to go rumble with other people. Uh, and it, it is very different than, or it feels different than other um, battle royales because, I mean, yeah, you can like throw like chairs at each other, but for the most part, like you got to get in there and just r- and rumble with people. Like you're throwing punches and doing suplexes and jumping off the tops of buildings to do dropping elbows. Like it's r- pretty ridiculous over the top stuff. What I will say 
is I'm very surprised how long it takes to find matches. Um, mm. I jumped in and it took, I, I did like a little bit of practicing because you can go into the, like this area that you can just like run around the city and like learn the ins and outs of how it works. And I did that and that was fine. But then I did searching for a match and my first match took like six minutes to find. Oh boy. And then the second match I did took like four and a half minutes to find, which isn't the end of the world. It's just longer than I anticipated that it would be. Especially sure. with how, like you said, with how many people are online or talking about it. I was like, oh man, I thought this would be not this long to do it. Overall, I like the game. I think it's pretty interesting. It does different stuff. Um, you know, when you get thrown in, you can go, you have to break boxes. And when you break those boxes, um, sometimes um, canisters fall out. And those canisters can improve your stamina, your power, or your health, or your max health. Um, so you can drink up to 10 of those cans total. So you got to kind of figure out like, well, okay, I've drank seven of them and I've drank in, you know, four power ones and three stamina ones but no health ones and now i broke this box and a new stamina one came out do i want to drink that one or not or do i want to look for a different one to like balance out like my upgrades as far as that goes you know it's totally up to you because like i said you can drink up to 10 of them um i think it is kind of funny that you get chicken like you can pick up chickens and that's how like you can heal yourself but if you heal yourself when you're full health uh, you you get the meat sweats, so your character actually starts like sweating, um, oh, and you take more damage. Which I think oh, is kind of funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny actually. Uh, but you also, um, when you break these boxes open, um, sometimes there's books in them, and if you open those books, uh, they have different moves in them. So you have like a handful of, or actually kind of more than a handful of moves that are just available to you at the start. But then you can get like these special moves that. Um, you can assign to your shoulder buttons. Um, and then those moves have different rarities. So, like, you know, you find out basic ones and you can find more advanced ones. And that's kind of like, obviously, you know, leveling up like your guns or something like that you would in every other one. Um, as you go through then, too, like, you can, like, um, eventually, like, build up. You can pick up stars that build up a meter. And then once that meter gets high enough, um, you can kind of basically go into, like, your power mode or whatever you want to call it. Um, so there is some complexity to it, but the one thing I don't like about the game so far that I'm sure if I played it enough, I would understand is that when two characters run up to each other and you both do a move that something called a clash happens. And depending on the move you did, um, different moves have priority in figuring out who is going to like recover from that clash faster and be able to attack again. But there's like, it's like nine different categories of moves that are prioritized. Sure. You're like, I don't know that like, I don't <laughs> know what move I just did and what and like I said, I'm sure I have no doubts if I play the game a ton, just like I know every character ability for every Overwatch character. I know most of the cooldown links, so I don't have to look at the cooldown timers. Like I'm sure with time that would come. Yeah. But right now, initially, like you are playing people who you're like, Wow, you clearly have done a lot of looking at this and know exactly how to do this um and, and i have not <laughs> so things are not going very well for me right now uh when we're doing these battles uh the battles are pretty fun they're over the top if you've ever played um any other battle royales and get a little bit upset about getting third partied uh this game is all about third partying that's what everyone does so like you'll be duking it out with one other person and this third person comes flying off the top of a building and just nails you both um it, it is pretty fun though so like it's a good time it is challenging I do struggle a little bit, and sometimes uh, I will do a move that I'm like, I, I don't know why that move didn't hit um, or, like, why that grab didn't grab that person. 
so there are some things there, uh, but there are overall it's like a really fun time. Like at the tops of all of the vehicles are like bouncy pads. <laughs> so like if you pick someone up and jump and then bounce on a vehicle, you'll go even higher. So when you come down with them, you do more damage. Like there's just a ton of fun things that are going on with it. So since it's free to play, like I think it's worth checking out. If you are into battle royales at all, I think it's definitely worth checking out. But even if you're not into battle royales, I think it's something to take a look at because one thing I know that can be frustrating with battle royales is that sometimes you're just like dead and you don't even know what happened in this game. You'll pretty much always know what happened. Like you can see people coming for a long ways and decide like, do you want to engage or not? Cause you can just run away. Yeah. Like you could just do that if you want to. Now the, the um, circle shrinks very quickly in this game. Like the matches are, you know, five to seven minutes. Like they go really, really fast. Um, and you know, when the circle gets smaller and smaller, uh, you are then like just kind of rocking things out with a whole bunch of people in this small, like very small circle, um, wrestling each other and, and throwing punches and haymakers. Uh, the one thing that is interesting though, is that when you are out of the circle compared to like, you know, Fortnite or all those other games where like, or especially apex where you like, you can heal as you go. Um, when you're outside of the circle, it's a 10 second count out. Like you're out of the ring. So oh, okay. like, there's okay. no like, there's no like living out there and being like, well, I'm just gonna let these people fight. I'm gonna keep healing myself to let them duke it out, and I'm just gonna stay outside the ring. Like that's yeah. not an option in this game. Like you have to get in there and engage. It really does everything it can to push you into engagements. Um, so much so that like when the matches start, you can't even launch into the entire city. Like part of the city is already closed off. So every time you start a match, oh, wow. it's, a di- it's a potentially different part of the city that you're actually launching into. Sure. Um, so it, it really does push the pace. Um, like I said, 40 players. So it's, you know, not going to get getting a ton of, of um, like outs and, and kills, if you would, or KOs. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, do you know who Maximilian Dude is? Nope. Okay. So Maximilian Dude, he's a YouTuber um and twitch person uh really big in the fighting game community does a lot of stuff with fighting games typically um he was playing this game and actually me watching him play it is how i decided i wanted to download it um he entered duos because you could play single singles or duos right now he entered duos as a single person and won (laughs) really (laughs) yeah so he took out he's like fighting and there's all these teams and he didn't even realize he was in duos he did it accidentally and he's like, am I in duos? Why are these people ganging up on me? And he <laughs> totally won the match as a single person in duos. It was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, that's Rumbleverse. I definitely recommend checking it out um, if you are into that sort of a thing. Uh, like I said, it's free to play. So even if you hate it, just delete it. It's not, no, you know, no big deal. Uh, the final game then that I've been playing is uh, It Takes Two. Um, so this is something Josh and I started a long time ago, and then we just never finished. <laughs> so yes. um, the, the partner was looking for a game to play. She's like, we haven't played games in a while. I'm like, we haven't. Uh, so we were talking about things to play and she finally settled on it takes two so booted it takes two back up started a new save uh started over josh let me tell you where we got to we like we had just scratched the surface of that game this game is so long it is so long we're probably 12 hours in and i think we have a solid four to five hours left to go like this game just keeps going and going and going. And there's like all these new powers and abilities. And like, it's pretty ridiculous. Like to the point where I'm thinking it's almost potentially too long for me. Sure. Um, and not that they should have necessarily cut out each, like all the different power things. Cause overall the powers have been really interesting and the different abilities, the characters get throughout the story. But like, <laughs> there there is like hey you have to get like eventually it's like hey you have to get these four pa- parts of this page 
Um, and like to get the first part of the page took us like an hour and a half or two hours. Oh, and I'm like, we have to go get three more of these sticky things. Like, and if you're playing with someone who isn't super adept at games, um, or doesn't play games like just as often as other people do, um, not that my partner's not like able to get through these things, but they're definitely are like, oh, we'll have to try it a couple times, um, to get the timing right and like all that stuff yeah. because there are like. Even though there some things are pretty ma- like magnetized, there are really some pretty intricate like jump, jump, dash, grapple, jump, grapple, jump, jump, dash, and you're like, yeah, just hit you know just hit x x square r one x x r one x x square. You're it's fine, it's easy. Just go ahead and do that, you know, like yeah. And then you know it's like you're swinging, but you got to go over here, but the thing is swinging this way, and it's like oh my gosh, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, and there's a couple things where like. You show up in these levels and they're like, okay, it's all this puzzle. And you're like, I don't even know where I'm supposed to start with this thing. Um, but with all that being said, it's pretty impressive what they've done. Like, I don't know that there, and I know this is not new. Everyone's been saying this since the game came out. I don't know that I've played a game that has as many diverse mechanics as this game does. Like, sure. I knew everyone said that. And I was like, well, that's fine, whatever. But when you actually play it and realize that, like, my gosh, this game has so many mechanics. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how they thought of all this stuff. And Or what they did is, like, everyone was like, here's what I want, We what I think we should do. And they just said yes to everything. They're right. like, yep, we'll make that happen. Yep, we'll do that, too. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of suspension of disbelief that has to happen for It Takes Two. Because, obviously, like, you know, you come these little two dolls at the beginning. And then you got to kind of. But, like, at certain parts, I'm like where is this even supposed to be taking place in this people's like yard? Because like things are happening and we're like falling through a tree, then being picked up by a fish and the fish is like flying through the sky. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I don't understand what's happening here. Everything. They just said yes to everything. They're like, yeah, You're we'll do in that. in a that child's imagination, Kyle. But we're not in a child's imagination. At least I don't think we are. Maybe we, at bet, the end we will be. I bet you are. <laughs> so it's just ridiculous. But it is a pretty easy recommend. Um, it's fun. It's a good time. The story, I think, is hit or miss. Uh, the, there's one character in the game that is annoying as I'll get up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the act of playing the game is very, very fun. Uh, and if there's like a mechanic that you're doing that you don't like, don't worry. Because give it a little bit. You won't be doing it anymore. You'll be doing something different. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, so it's a good time. Recommend, uh, but be be prepared to set aside some time because it is not a short game. It is much much longer than I thought it was going to be, uh, and you know the end is not in sight yet. So it takes two. It's fun, recommend it, but be sure to have reasonable skill at gaming and uh, plenty of hours in your day to to play it. So, but that is what I have been playing, Josh. Hmm. So with that, let's move on to our topics of the show. What's your first topic this week, Josh? Well, uh, my first topic is relevant to uh, current times, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This comes from ICV2. We have a new board game coming out, a new strategy board game from the company Smirk and Dagger, and the game is called The Spill. Uh, It's a new strategy board game coming out September 7th uh, in The Spill, uh, players are assuming the roles of a response team that has to work together to avoid an ecological disaster as an oil rig is spilling out into the ocean. Uh, players have to manage uh, to contain the oil flowing from the rig, all while moving—sorry, uh, while removing the oil from the waters and saving the marine life caught in the wake of the spill. Uh, it also, well, as they say, like the big centerpiece for this board game is 
a uh, big four-way oil rig dice tower that helps create um, a reverse tower defense mechanic as the players try to contain the oil dice. Um, new oil dice are dropped from the tower each turn to make the player's task more difficult, and the number of oil dice keeps increasing over the course of the game. Uh, players must meet three objectives on their win condition card to successfully contain the oil spill and win the game before the 60 oil dice are exhausted. It's for one to four players. It plays in about an hour, and it's going to be 50 bucks. You know, I, I want to talk about this because it actually like really makes me think of the like pandemic and like the sense of cooperation that is like needed to yeah. to win that game and and I think uh the board looks interesting uh they have like it looks like they have roll cards as well just like you'd have in pandemic um and it it every time I think see games like this it reminds me of rescue polar bears when you're talking about that game yeah and how like there can still be fun games out there that have a message uh, and this uh, seems like a game that could also be great for like kid kid education and even some adults as well. But it seemed like a fun and challenging game. So I'm looking forward to uh, the spill coming up in September, uh, just a couple of weeks away, actually. Uh, what do you think about the spill? So, I mean, are, is this just basically Deepwater Horizon, the board game? Like, I mean, is yeah, that what we're, kinda. <laughs> we're doing? Uh, well, except for like the... Except they care about the animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I actually was not aware of this game until you had posted it in here. And obviously, me being the sucker I am for this type of game, I'm very interested because it did immediately remind me of Rescue Polar Bears. Uh, and I think the big thing with Rescue Polar Bears was the fact that that game was really hard and you failed most of the time. Like winning that game was dang hard. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be the way this game is. Uh, but I do think that having a some sort of message or some sort of thing to think about while you're playing um, is nice, right? Like not every game needs to be that. Like I'm not saying that every game should, but I think there should be room for games that would be like, Hey, like look at these horrible oil spills and how hard it is to clean up from them in this game. Imagine what it must be like in real life. Right. right. Like I think that's good. And you have this person on the front of the box, like holding this sea turtle, <laughs> you know, you're like, Oh gosh, like I think we're trying to tell a very specific message here. Um, so yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I was kind of putting a, a hiatus on board game buying here for a bit, but uh, I might need to pick up the spill um, because, yeah, it's interesting. It's got like the little, you know, oil rig in the middle of it, and it looks like a whole bunch of dice eventually end up on the board. Um, cause, yeah. So, or these are just people d- posing things for pictures, but there's a lot of dice in one of these pictures, like a whole bunch of them. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. I think this is an interesting sounding game. I think it seems like it's doing something unique. Um, and I'm always down for a good co-op, uh, especially when it you know, is willing to play at two players. So Yes. What about you, Josh? Do you think this is something you'll be looking for? Yeah, I think it's right down my alley. Right up my alley? It's right in the alley I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm interested to check it out. And yes, two-player co-op sounds great. That's the way you want them. That's right. And I think this is a possibly a theme that even your wife would play, want to play. I believe you're correct, sir. That is excellent. So cool. The spill. Check it out. Anything else, Josh, about uh, the spill you'd like to talk about? Uh, no. Let's stop spilling things. We should stop spilling things. That would be good. Um, okay, Josh. Obviously, this is the last show before we go to monthly podcasts. 
And, you know, we used to do these predictions in our show where we'd at the end of the show, I'd make, have, make predictions for the next week. But what I want to do now, Josh, is make some predictions of how we think was going to happen in the rest of the year in board games, video games. What stories do we think are going to present? What things do we think are going to happen? How do we think things are going to be, you know, when we do our December wrap up show? You know, what are the things that we're, what are the things we're going to be talking about that have happened between now and then? Um, so just, you know, make a few educated guesses, non-educated guesses, fun guesses, whatever they might be. Sure. Um, into kind of the way that we think things are going to go. Um, so I don't know, Josh, if you have prepared any predictions for this. Perhaps. Perhaps. Okay. <laughs> um, would you like to go first with a prediction? Would you like me to go first for a prediction? What are you, what are you thinking? It's up to you. You're running the, this is your category. You pick who goes. All right, Josh. Well, I'll let you go first then. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want a grounded one or you want a crazy one? You go wherever you'd like to go, sir. Follow it's your heart. Not even that crazy. My crazy one's probably not even crazy. It should be crazy. Uh, let's start with, um, I'm not going to use any of the Gamescom rumors because that seems easy right now. Yep. I'm also going to skip uh, those as well. So I'll skip that. Um, I think we're going to get, uh, a date and a price for the PSVR 2 at the Game Awards show. Oh, in, so in December? Yeah, there'll be a trailer. I don't think it'll... It's definitely not coming out this year. Um, but I think we'll get that at some point in the Game Awards show where they'll show, like, that Horizon game. And then at the end, it'll be, like, a title card for the, the unit, the cost, and the date. And it's going to probably be, like... I'm going to guess it's going to be four forty nine. Oh, for forty nine, going a little in betweensy there, eh? Yeah, they can undercut the highest Oculus now by fifty bucks, which would make them look real good. Um, because if they came out at four forty nine before Oculus went up in price, I would just say no way is that a good price model for them. But I think that makes sense for Sony. So, I think that's a great prediction. Let me ask you this question then. Uh, and if this is related to a future prediction, you can tell me just to stop asking this question, and we can wait. Do you think that there's going to be a PlayStation showcase type event in like September like there was last year? Yeah, I mean, there was. Oh, uh, I don't know, because that was more than a state of play. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they 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 kind of show God. Is it a God of War one? Maybe, I guess. Well, no, because they don't they didn't focus on one game with that. Right. That was a big show. I mean, they could. I we haven't heard any like rumblings of it and it's getting close to like you would think we would have heard from elite this new leaker whoever's out there like something <laughs> that was coming but I, I would i would like them to do that for sure but i don't know because they do like gamescom they, stuff they're not they're not at gamescom but that doesn't right. mean that especially third-party partnerships might not be there so but and maybe first party i guess theoretically like i guess there's no reason they couldn't have an uh, announcement at the showcase but they are not at gamescom as a company so yeah and the reason I, I ask is because, you know, we don't there there was some leaks with some stuff for them just a couple of days ago with Helldivers 2 and all that good stuff. Um, but you know, post God of War, like we know Insomniac is working on Spider Man two and Wolverine. Yeah. You know, Naughty Dog talked about how they have their multiplayer project that we'll hear more about next year. But we really don't know much else. Like there's really nothing else that's like you know, yeah, like we'll get a new version of the show, you know, and things like that. But 
yeah there's not a ton known about like what is going on like what exactly is blue point working on like what is you <laughs> know point. like what are these studios doing <laughs> we don't really know yeah um so i it, i would be surprised if there isn't and that's actually gonna roll into my first prediction um yeah. is that we will get a playstation showcase I don't know if it'll be in September, but before the year is over, we will have like a major PlayStation showcase that is like showing their both. It'll be, I think it'll be after the last of us part two, obviously, but before God of war, it'll show more of God of war. But I think, I think there's where we'll get most of the PSVR two news is that, sure. that showcase. Um, and it will also include, I'm, I'm sticking to this. Um, why did I just blink on the name of this game, Josh? I don't know. But Josh, it's a game that everyone talks about. VR, Alex, Half Life Alex. Yes, thank you, Half Life Alex. That Half Life Alex will launch day and date when PSVR two does. Ooh, I, I really still think that. that's going to happen. <laughs> so, so that's my big first thing. Is I think you know, end of the before the end of the year, that PlayStation showcase is going to happen. We're going to get the information about PSVR two. Yeah. It's going to have Half Life Alex launching with it. Um, it will come out in early 2023, um, and then we'll also find out some other information about like other playstation studios and what they're working on because we got to start getting some information here soon i think you know for better or for worse xbox like we know a lot of the things that are coming starting in 2023 right like xbox especially next year it looks like is going to have an absolute banger of a year we don't know what playstation has and for some things that's better but for some things that's worse because it's harder to be have a strong unless you're like excited about uncertainty right like oh, I have this PS5. I don't know what I'm going to be playing on it a year from now. Is that more exciting or less exciting than looking at what Xbox's lineup is and being like, here are all the things I'm going to be playing on my Series X in the next 12 months. And I'm not saying we need to know what's going to be happening five years from now, but knowing what's happening the next year or two would be pretty great, I think. Yeah. So I think that's something that they need to address. So what is a second then prediction for you, Josh? All right. Crazier prediction. But I think looking at Sony's frustration with this Activision Blizzard acquisition, yeah, that I think that Sony scoops up Konami or Capcom by the end of the year. Wow! Because they're and gonna Square go on the defensive. No, because Xbox players don't want games that Square makes. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to gain a new fan base by getting Square. They're going to keep their same fan base by getting gotcha. Square. Okay. If you had, a, do you think it would be? Do you think it'll be Capcom or Konami? Capcom would be the bigger hit, uh, I think, sure. against Xbox gamers. But um, uh, if they're able to get Konami and get and get Kojima to stick around for like come back, because then they can get rid of the people that don't like him, or vice versa, and they can get him <laughs> to come back to do PT or Silent Hills. Um, that could be a, a possibility. Like every once in a while, like like. Uh, Del Toro will post like a PT thing like he did last week. And you're like, what does this mean? And it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. Um, But he knows what he's doing. So it would be big for them either way. But I think Capcom would be the bigger hit uh, against Xbox if if that's what their goal was. But they're not Um, just going to buy a company for a billion dollars just to make up Microsoft upset. I don't think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you were if that if that happened or even if yeah. it doesn't happen, but like let's say that um, you had the ability to get Kojima and you could have him make either PT or Metal Gear or a new Metal Gear. Oh, 
which one are you picking to have him make like as far as what do you think the bigger quote unquote get would be is him make actually making pt slash silent hills <laughs> right or him making a new metal gear metal gear is going to get them more money uh I'll the, the the player base for a horror game is like severely diminishing compared to like a metal gears fan base because you can market Metal Gear to a shooter fan, a stealth fan, action, third-person adventure fan, but you can only market PT to one group of people. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's very, very true. And yeah, which, so... A, which would you rather have him make? I would rather him make Metal Gear because I love Metal Gear, but okay. I would I be happy with either. Okay. I kind of thought you might say PT. PT's one of those games that is on that line that is a little bit too much for even me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Capcom or Konami. We'll see. If they get Capcom, Resident Evil, Street Fighter. Yeah. Monster Hunter. I just, and this is where I go with both Capcom and Square for this, is that they are also have such good relationships with Nintendo. Yeah. That I, I think it'd be really tough to see PlayStation purchase either of those two studios. Sure. Um, or publishers. I think for and if you're buying Konami, to me it seems that you buy the rights to the games, you don't buy the actual company. You just right. buy the games from them. Um and maybe they're and maybe specifically just like their interactive arts, because I think they would also have um uh Yu-Gi-Oh would technically be under yeah, them Yu-Gi-Oh's as well. In there, yeah. So um, which wouldn't be horrible. Like if you're looking for a live service game, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duels is a game people really like. Um, so maybe that wouldn't be a horrible idea. I was actually thinking the other day, uh, when I was, you know, in my in the shower doing deep thoughts, um <laughs> of, you know, we have all these, you know, character fighters coming back and how people are like, Oh, we need uh place in All Star uh All Star Brawl two. Yeah. I actually really would rather that playstation makes a i know i feel like i hate this i would really like them rather see them make some sort of hearthstone type game instead w- using their ip yeah Mar- like a marvel snap a hearthstone like some sort of card game is actually yeah. what i'd much rather have than a uh, a battler like that personally and i know i'm in the minority there and people are gonna be like throwing their ipod shuffles out the car window oh no i assume everyone listens to us on ipod <laughs> yes. shuffle um in croatia yeah, but I but I just uh yeah, I just really think that would be something I would be more interested in than um a character fighter. But again, I know I'm in the minority there. So uh okay, Josh, my second prediction um is gonna have to do with our good friends, the Embracer Group, who obviously are <laughs> buying everyone. They buy Jeff Keeley? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite yet. It's coming up next. It's coming up next. Uh no, I think that obviously, especially with the announcements that, you know, they have bought limited run games and that they have bought uh, the Lord of the Rings IP and all that good stuff. I I was going to go down the road of like, well, we're going to see a bunch more Asmodee games, which obviously Asmodee now owned by Embracer as well. I'm like, we're going to see a bunch more Asmodee games in the Lord of the Rings area, but they already have a whole bunch of those, right? Like Fantasy Flight is churning out Lord of the Rings games left and right. So I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I do think that is going to make Asmodee really look at um, what they're doing uh, in the board game space and who's available to them to help take all of these IP um, and and especially all these video game IP and translate them to board games um, and board games that are going to be uh, perceived as high quality. Um, and, and there's one company who has a record of taking some video game IP 
and making board games from them. And I think uh, Embracer Group is going to buy Simon. Well, so that before would be the, insane. So before the <laughs> end of the year, I think Embracer Group is going to pick up. Come on, I know this is. A, I think this is a long shot, obviously. Yeah. But if I was Embracer, this is the type of move I'd be looking at making in the gaming space. It's either that or you buy GameFound. I don't think you're going to be able to get Kickstarter. Yeah. Or you're buying that or you're buying GameFound. Um, and I I just think that Come On is a company that their uh, finances have always been questioned, right? Like how much money are they actually making? Their stock is worth basically nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think you can get a company that in the board game realm overall has a very good reputation, right? Like look at how much money all their campaigns make, even though they're definitely detractors. Like there are people who are like, you know, they nickel and dime us. But overall, I think you have a group of you, you're going to buy a company that has a built-in fan base that has made, you know, Bloodborne and God of War and other things into board games. Um, and, and I think that that's something that's going to be very attractive to them. So my second, probably a uh, little bit out there prediction, uh, Embracer Group is buying Come On before the end of the year. Wow. I mean, I feel like it's a good idea. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like with the situation Embracer's in and what they're looking to do and the situation Come On's in and what they try to do, I feel like it works. And I've, they'd have access to so many IP, so many IP they can make games from. Is that really their stock? Is that, are they Simon Limited? Is that their stock? I believe so. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> What's it at? Oh, that can't be right, though, is it? Zero point zero four nine. Yeah, because they they, cha- they trade on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if I can get their stock on here. <laughs> I I have Robinhood. But yeah, like it's like nothing. It's it's like minuscule. Yeah, I can't get I can't get Hong Kong stocks on here. That's too bad. <laughs> That'd have been a good stock to invest in. If your prediction came true, I'd have to buy your beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what's the third and final prediction for you, sir? All right, here's the crazy one. Although I don't know that it's necessarily that crazy, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot it all the way back to Game Awards again because I think we're gonna get a lot of that stuff at the end of the year, but. I think we're going to get a trailer at the Game Awards. It's going to be for Metroid Prime 4. It's going to be gameplay, and it's going to say um, Captured On, and then whatever the next Switch is called. Captured On Nintendo Switch 2 coming 2024. Wow. 2024? Yeah. They won't put a new system out, I think, just because of the chip shortage is still to try to get a new console out, especially with the OLED that just came out this past year. Uh, I think the, I think that Nintendo does, the OLED does what Nintendo does, which is they try to extend their console life by two extra years before releasing a new console by putting out a, like a light or like a gimmicky. I, I love my OLED, but it's still like kind of a gimmicky switch upgrade. So I think... And then we'll get Breath of the Wild 2 on both Switch and Switch 2 or whatever. But Metroid Prime 4, 2024 on the new Switch console, um, which will probably be closer looking to a Steam Deck, I bet, than anything else. All right. All right. Whew. That's a good one. Um, Man, 2024. I can't... my hesitancy there more is the fact that I can't believe it's almost like 2024 is that close that we can talk about like a console coming out in 2024. <laughs> like that's right. more where all that goes as far as things for me. Um, yeah, man. 
Um, when they release a new Switch, will you get, will you get it? I don't know. <laughs> it depends on uh, where I'm at and how much it costs and what's that? What is that app? That killer app that they that I need that new console for? Metroid Prime Four ain't it, baby? <laughs> 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 certainly okay. not. Um, okay. But it's possible they could certainly um, entice me with something, but I don't know what it would be right now. Gotcha, man. Yeah, I don't. I I think I would be hesitant to buy do switch. Like I look at the OLED every time I go to the store. Um, yeah, just because they're there. Um, and I OLED's a big improvement. I will say that. I know, and I know that it is, and that's why I've like thought about getting one. But I'm like, man, for how much I play my right. Switch, is it worth making that upgrade? I just, yeah, I don't know. If you can do like know. I did and get a good price for your regular Switch, uh, then it's worth it. Like GameStop, because I basically got back the same amount I put in to get it with oh. those crazy trading deals they were doing. All right. I don't know that they're All still right. doing them, but I'm sure Black Friday. Well, Black Friday is right around the corner, so you never know. You never do know. We'll see. Okay, Josh. So my third and final one. Uh, I think that both Xbox and my and PlayStation are not done with acquisitions yet. However. Sure. I think Xbox is going to be a little until they feel confident that the Activision deal is going to close, which I think they're getting close to that point. Yeah. Um, I know that people are still saying it'll close next year, but I think they don't want to um, add another company right now when they have the process, you know, especially another big one at least. Right. Yeah. So if, if Xbox does make another acquisition, my assumption is it's going to be a little bit smaller. I agree. I do think PlayStation is going to make another acquisition still because their Bungie acquisition is closed. Um, their Haven Studios acquisition is closed. Like those are done. Uh, so they are kind of now in the free and clear as far as like anything they add now would be looking at their company as a whole moving forward. Um, I do think PlayStation is still going to make another acquisition this year, but I don't think it's going to be a publisher. I don't think it's going to be a Capcom or a Konami or anything like that. I think it's actually going to be pretty small. Um, I think they're going to buy Arrowhead. Okay. Air- Arrowhead's the company or the studio uh, that makes Helldivers. And obviously we've for a long time, um, heard that Helldivers 2 was in development. There was a leaked trailer or 10 seconds kind of a trailer of. that got, yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of a 10 seconds of a trailer that leaked a few days ago, which a lot of people think that might happen at Gamescom, which would make sense because Arrowhead is a Swedish studio. Um, so it would make sense for them to show that in Europe, you know, as, as the kind of the reveal of it. Uh, but, you know, Helldivers is a game that still has a fan base. Like people still play Helldivers today. Um, and this game came out a really long time ago. And the fact that there's still an active community playing a game that came out um, in 2015, I think. Um, and especially with PlayStation looking at moving into um, more live service games. Uh, I think the acquisition of Arrowhead makes sense, especially if you are wanting to create a game that is going to have continual ongoing content like a live service game is going to. I think it's much, much easier to do that if that studio is an internal partner or an internally owned studio, then a third party partner that you're having to constantly like pay out to, if you would, and ensure the content is getting done. Um, so as a result of this, with the, that Helldivers 2 trailer, seeing that the fact that PlayStation said they're going to have, um, you know, two live service games released by the end of the fiscal year at the end of March, I think both Arrowheads getting acquired and I think Helldivers 2 is one of those games that will be out um, by the end of March 2023. So I think Helldivers 2 is 
sooner rather than later as far as that goes so all right so with that those are our predictions for kind of what we think we might be talking about at the end of the year or what's going to happen between you know now and whoever knows when you know we do our next episodes um let us know listeners what do you think are some things that might happen still this year um what are you what are you thinking and what are you anticipating uh let us know we'd love to be part of that conversation with that josh what is your second topic this week my second topic is we have a new Sherlock Holmes board game, kind of. We have I get, apparently a movie that I need to watch because the second one's coming out very soon. Oh, have you not watched the first one? I haven't watched it, no. Oh, I probably that's should. Fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Um, Guild Force 9 is releasing Enola Holmes, Finder of Lost Souls. Uh, the only reason, well, not the only reason, one of the reasons why I bring this up is because it falls into the category of games that I really enjoy that I never that I don't play enough, and that is a one against many style game um, like Fury of Dracula, uh, and um, wow, now I'm blanking. Uh, Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space, although that's not one versus; it's a couple of verses. Um, uh, where. Uh, players must work together to unravel the criminal's plot by solving a series of puzzles, uh, acting as the titular Holmes, also her brother Sherlock, who is in the game, and other characters. Um, Clues to the plot are hidden in a uh, flower-based cipher that uh, players must uh, use to uncover in order to deduce the story before the criminal completes their plans. It's for two to four players, uh, and it's about 45 minutes to play. And it's going to be 40 bucks. So it's not like breaking in the bank. Uh, I just thought it, I, I've Gale Force Nine is, is a studio is a company that I really like um, the idea of all of their games and have never played any of their games. <laughs> I <laughs> right. always hear great things about their games and like Dune is way up on my, that list of, of that's the version of Dune. I want is the Gale Force Nine one. Um, so uh, you know, I and I'm also interested in games like this where you're trying to solve something together, like Time Stories esque kind of thing, yeah. where it's cooperative. Uh, two to four players, I think, is a good amount because I can play with just my wife, or if we have our friends over, we can do four players. So, I for me, I don't know that I'm buying this based off of the theme. Like, if I'm going to go for a Gale Force Nine game, it'll probably be Dune. But maybe I'll watch the movie and really like it and then want to get this or watch the sequel and really like that as well. Um, so I think you might have shown your hand a little bit for me with your review of the film. But do you have any interest in uh, this game uh, specifically? Uh, potentially, I, I just because, I, I, like I said, the, the movie's not bad. It's fine. It's also not great. Obviously, they're making a second one right now. I think it's literally filming right now. Uh, I am always interested, like you said, in a um, one versus many game. The thing that is always humorous to me, though, about one versus many games is this is for two to four players. So it could be one versus one, right. which is one versus many, or even one versus three, which is still like one versus a few. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just that's true. Like one versus many to me. Uh, but I, I'm always interested in a game like that. I think that is fun. And as, as we've seen, you know, licensed games, especially with board games, uh, are definitely up and down, right? You know, where for a while with video games, licensed games were all crap, and now there's a lot of really, really good ones. 
uh, board games, we still have some really, really good ones and some really not good ones, right? It's right. kind of all over the place. So I will want to learn more about it and see what other people think and probably read some reviews about it before I would jump in. But the fact that it's an Enola Holmes game on the surface does not make me immediately say no or immediately say yes. Sure. Conceptually, though, what the game is makes me slightly interested in seeing how it plays out. So Cool. Uh, Enola Holmes 2 comes out on Netflix on November 4th of this year. Okay, so it's currently not filming. It clearly is not filming now. It's almost, Definitely it done. done filming. <laughs> Definitely done filming. Why do I think it was filming now? I swore I just read that, but I could be very wrong. Obviously, I am. So, yeah. That's okay. I mean, I think Please it's forget. worth a watch. I just don't think it's... Um, I don't think the game, the movie does anything particularly better than any other movie of that genre. If sure, that makes sense. Sure. So, but if you like the kind of whodunit type movies, like it's worth a watch for sure. Cool. Very Anything cool. else about Enola Holmes? <clears throat> uh, not no. I mean, not specifically her, but uh, what the heck was I just thinking about? My brain is all over the place today. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it's more accessible. It must be than the Sherlock Holmes uh games the consulting detective ones yeah um because that's also a game that i really want to play but i know that like i will lose my wife in an instant yeah um, have you played so maybe consulting like detective game? i haven't played it you've talked about it before in the past yeah. and, I, and I, that's what has really gotten me interested in it mm-hmm. so i feel like that's more of like the, my pathfinder groups like would be uh. into a game like that uh it's just a matter of getting it because i tried that bleaker street game and boy was that uh, no good <laughs> yeah i really do like the because all the detective games it is almost more of an activity than it is a game it's like a more of a logic puzzle yeah uh, and i will say it's real the only thing i don't like about it is it's very very hard to not it's very hard to not read information that you're not supposed to read because you're like literally going on a map and you're like i'm gonna go to that place and then you look at the map and you're like okay that's this number in the book you flip there in the book, and then all the other passages are right there waiting to be read. And you're like, no, I can only read this one right. in the middle of the page. I have to ignore all of these that are around it. It's really hard to do sometimes. Yeah. So even if you're like, I'm not a cheater, but it's like, oh, they're all just right there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. But it's, they are really fun. But, yeah, it, it and they're, they're, they are challenging because there are stuff that, like, totally have missed when playing. I'm like, I didn't even get that. And things that seem obvious that they're like, no, nah, none of that mattered. You're like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> okay. Uh, Josh, my second topic then uh, is talking about, as we mentioned before, the Embracer Group, uh, who went on a buying spree again, which seems to happen every few months. Um, this co- story coming from The Verge. Uh, Embracer Group has embarked on an acquisition spree today that includes limited run games, Tripwire Interactive, and the IP rights to Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. There Crazy. are five acquisitions in total today, alongside a sixth undisclosed deal for a company in the PC and console gaming space, um, which we still have not heard about. Of, I don't think we've heard who that is yet. Um, but it should not be a, like a major acquisition because it, the whole acquisition was like five hundred some million dollars for all of the companies, including the unannounced one. Yeah, um, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit rights mean Embracer now has control over movies, video games, board games, merchandising, stage productions, and even theme park rights for the Tolkien fantasy franchises. This includes Amazon's very big and expensive take on Lord of the Rings that will debut on Prime Video on September second. Embracer notes that it could even explore additional movies based on a kind of characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn. Gollum, Galadriel, Eowyn, and other characters of the, from the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, so that's just some information there. Uh, it goes on to say that Embracer's edition of Limited Run Games opens the door to more physical games across its studios and games, as Limited Run is well known for collector's editions, and it often enables smaller developers to be able to create physical copies of their games. 
Tripwire is known for Killing Floor, Maneater, and Rising Storm. This the huge publishing group also announced today the acquisition of home karaoke um, sing tricks and teardown developer Tuxedo Labs. Uh, so Josh, um, like I said, the five acquisitions announced are around five hundred seventy-seven million in total upfront cost. Um, oh, and there's even a sixth secret purchase that Richard isn't disclosing. I thought when I had read that it said the thirty-fourth largest in the transaction. Okay, the purchase price for this undisclosed acquisition is in the range of being among the third or fourth largest in the transaction. So obviously. It's not like they're buying Ubisoft, you know, like they're buying some other smaller developer. Uh, You know, Josh, we talk a lot about Sony buying a whole bunch of people, Microsoft buying, you know, they're throwing big haymakers, buying, you know, spending billions. Um, And here's Embracer spending millions. Yeah. What uh, strategy do you think is better? And what are the likelihood that before the end of the year, we're going to wake up another, you know, random Tuesday morning and find out that Embracer bought seven other companies? It just does seem so weird to me that Embracer is just, I've, I would argue a lot of people don't even know about Embracer Group. Yeah. And it's just this company, everyone's worried about these big like uh, companies buying these studios and potentially like crippling them or limiting them or what they can do. Embracer Group could do a lot of damage if they aren't uh, managing this properly. Like they have, like, I don't even think that, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit was on the table for anybody. <laughs> it right. just seems insane. Um, and and uh, 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 Tuxedo Labs, that, that that's a sneaky grab. Like, t- that teardown game is huge. Yeah. And uh, as far as Tripwire as well, Tripwire is great. Uh, limited run games, that was crazy. So uh, I don't even know what your original question was. I, I just keep getting like baffled with what Embracer Group is doing. Um, and you, okay, and yeah, and that they can do it for that little. I mean, it's a lot of money, but comparatively, that little amount of money. Right. Um. So here's just a brief, you know, summary of where Embracer Group is sitting right now. Um, they now have over 120 internal studios, over 230 games in development, and have a stable of over 850 IP. Like. <laughs> Nobody like they when it comes to like we always talk about like who develops, you know, like what publishers are developing the most games or like who develops the biggest games. Like, yeah, you know, maybe Xbox and Microsoft or Xbox and PlayStation spend the most on the games they develop. But I don't think anybody's developing. I mean, Embracer's developing more games than like anyone else. It's not even close. Right. Like they are just I don't even understand. Like, how, how, how do they do this? So the CEO of Embracer Group is Lars Wing uh, Wingenfors. What do you think his net worth is? I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, I'm going to guess uh, 200 million. 1.7 billion. His net worth? What does he do other than Embracer Group? <laughs> uh, Apparently, that's understand. all he does. Whoever Martin Lawrenson is, uh, what does he do? Swedish entrepreneur, he's worth two point six billion dollars. I mean, gracious. net worth is is obviously not how much money they have. Right, right, right. Um, but I was real curious about this forty five year old man who is the CEO of Embracer Group, and it makes me wonder how like a group like Embracer Group gets started. And I'm sure I could do research to figure that out. <laughs> well, and it's just you know when you think about it, like the fact that like. They now, oh, and like they bought those the studios from Square Enix recently, right? So they have like their Western development studios now. Yeah. They own um, Gearbox. Like they own like these companies that have done 
major games, right? Like they technically are like own the company that made our game of the year last year, right? Yeah. He also owns 28% of his company. He's a co-founder. So that's still a lot of a percentage to own of your company. Right. It's just, yeah, I just, I am in constant shock about the Embracer group and everything that they do and how Listen it's just... to this. Listen to this. Okay. Lars Ringenfors. I'm sure I'm messing up his last name. In 1993, at the age of 15, he started a company to buy and flip used video games. Four years later, he dropped out of high school because he had sold over $10 million in one year. (laughs) Uh, Josh, what are we doing, man? And the precursor to Embracer was founded in 2004, which was buying successful, uh, which was successful in acquiring cheap IP of older games with a loyal following. And he's Swedish. He's in Sweden. Source of wealth, video games, self-made. <laughs> That's from Forbes. <laughs> Thanks, Forbes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, we have, I mean, Saints Row is coming from them, technically, right? Like, yeah, that technically. We just, yeah, Saint, Saints Row is coming from them. Uh, we have um, the new Dead Island 2 that is supposedly getting, I'm assuming, getting re-revealed at yeah. um, Gamescom. That's going to be coming from them early next year. Uh, I mean, they're just, I, I really do think that, they're going to be the company that is just going to be releasing from a volume perspective, the most games every year. It is going to be them and them alone. They're just going to be owning the market. I think in, in that way, not in the necessarily quality of games or sure. Cause obviously all of those games, those 230 games of development, I think they've said about 30 of them are considered quote unquote, triple a games. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which I think is on par with like what PlayStation and Microsoft and others are, you know, are doing or, or have kind of in development. Um, but you know that's a ton of money so goodness gracious so we'll see i have no doubts that you know before the year is up we'll have another morning that we wake up and embracer will have bought a whole bunch of people um people. and you know they'll have <laughs> 250 games in development and you know i got they got to be like the largest employer at this point in the video games industry don't they they have to they have to be, I, yeah. hard, well i mean maybe all their studios are really small i don't know but it just seems like they have to be up there at least so they're not that small they got borderlands in there that's true they got that's gearbox true. that's a big company they do have gearbox in there and they do have crystal dynamics and stuff now too so yeah we'll see okay well that's our story or my last story my last topic uh <laughs> Listeners, let us know. Are are you excited about uh, the Embracer future? Should we embrace or our future? Uh, let uh, us know. Hit us up on social media. <laughs> We're going to be happy to talk about it. Any questions or, or comments from the the listeners this week, Josh? Well, Paul did chime in. He just said, hope things are going good. Uh, he's a few episodes behind, but he did catch up to our news. So he says he's sad that we're cutting back on the show, but we got to take care of business sometimes. He rolled credits on Red Dead. He's going to replay Dad of War before Ragnarok. Nice. And I thought about doing that. I just don't I oh <laughs> it's really funny, Josh. Speaking of because I was thinking about replaying Dad of War. Um yeah. and I was looking at everything else coming out. I was like, ah, I don't know, I'm gonna get it done. And but then I downloaded Yakuza Zero because I was like, well, maybe I'll try to jump into a Yakuza game, right? Yeah. So I've dabbled in Yakuza but never really played. But I, I was like, Well, I haven't played Yakuza Zero, so I'll jump into this. I download it, I go ready to play it, and I notice that I already have a trophy in it that i earned back in 2017 so half played yakuza <laughs> zero i just don't remember and i clearly didn't it. get very far so 
never mind about jumping in for the first time on that game, but I just thought that was humorous. Uh, with that, then we'll move on to making some recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, and we, um, but we do want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? I don't remember if I recommended this before. I don't think I did, but I've been telling people about it. Um, it's a show. It's on Peacock. It's originally on from the Sci-Fi Channel. It's called Resident Alien, starring Alan Tudyk from Firefly or any Disney Pixar movie in the past seven years. Um, and I never like I don't have cable anymore, and I, I'm not paying for Sci-Fi because I think you get like one out of every ten thousand shows is good. Yeah. So I don't need <laughs> I don't need to do that, but. Uh, I had noticed it was on Peacock, so I decided to give it a shot. And, you know, I can't tell if the show is good. It definitely has the sci-fi formula, right? If you ever watch like Eureka or Warehouse 13, it definitely has like the feeling of the sci-fi show. And maybe it's just like Alan Tudyk is just so like charming and like funny, but it's basically he plays an alien who's walking around and an Edgar suit, if you will, uh, yeah. if you get that reference. So he gets to play real hammy sometimes. And uh, I think it's just kind of charming and delightful. And it's like a silly show. Like you don't, you're not sitting down to maybe binge five of them, but you might sit down to watch one or two episodes. Um, I watch like some on my phone at work on my lunch break. Like I don't need it to be, full hd to get the experience out of it um but i i think if if you liked shows like that like the glory days of sci-fi um when you had those like better than xena and hercules but not much uh <laughs> better guilty pleasure type shows like this is one of those that i really think is is uh funny and it has alan tudyk so uh, i'm on board to watch more um, what do you think the percentage is on Rotten Tomatoes for oh, boy. Alien? I don't. Well, for users or critics? Critics. Critics is probably like 63. 94%. Way How much? 94. Oh, nice. It is. Okay, a, I guess I the, undersold the reviewers. And on the IMDb rating scale, it's sitting at an 8.1. Whoa, IMDb never goes that high. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is actually really high for IMDb because um, the show I'm about to recommend is way lower than that. So it's everything on IMDb typically is always a six. Yeah, uh, IMDb my 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 kind of when I worked at the video store, it was that if something was a seven or higher on IMDb, I would yeah. watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you have> um, <laughs> so awesome. So that is Resident Alien. I am going to watch it before uh, I cancel my Peacock membership, which I'm going to do for a little bit here because I have to nice. pick up Fubu for college football <laughs> so i have to get, cut some other streaming services out here for a bit uh, okay that's awesome resident alien check it out uh my recommendation is also a peacock series nice um and it's called the resort um which is a series on peacock uh and it involves a couple who are going on their 10th anniversary to an all-inclusive resort um and then a kind of for lack of a better case a uh they get kind of swirled into a complicated true crime situation um where they're trying to figure out what happened in a case that um in a case on the island uh, like 15 years ago 
Um, and the stars, it had the stars are um, Kristen Milioti, who is in um, Palm Springs. Yes. Um, and William Jackson Harper, um, who I think is probably best known for playing Cheaty on The Good Place. Yeah. Um, but also was in Midsummer. Uh, and so they're like the main couple in the show. And I have not watched the entire thing yet. The entire thing isn't out yet. Um, I think it finishes up at the end of August here because uh, it is released weekly. Um, so either end of August or early September is when the last episode comes out here. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. It's a little weird. Um, they are definitely have at the point that I am at, they have not revealed all of their secrets because you can tell you're, it, it feels like while you're watching it that something sci-fi is going on. Nothing sci-fi has happened yet, but it feels like something's going to. And sure. I don't know. Um, it, but it does lead to a lot of questions. Um, the um, acting in is good. It actually also has, um, uh, oh, what is his name? Um, Skylar Gazando is in it. And he was in Max in the quarry. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he was, so he is in the show as well. Um, so it's a pretty fun little show. Um, it's pretty humorous. Oh, Nick Offerman's in it, but he doesn't play a very major character. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. Like I said, it's a bit weird. Um, there's, it's setting some stuff up that there's going to be some potentially a twist. Um, it is from the creator of Palm Springs and I really liked Palm Springs. So if you like Palm Springs, maybe check it out. Um, but that is the resort on Peacock. Hey, Josh. Uh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Twitch, Steam at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Obviously, we're going to be off for a few weeks, you know, so it'll be a little bit different release schedule than usual. But don't worry, we will be back. So in the meantime, if you have any suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>